0: Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. Just just one verse. Uh, Acts chapter 4 verse 12. Salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved for salvation is found in no one else nothing else for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we can be saved and so father we just thank you for your grace and we thank you for your mercy and we thank you for your spirit that is here with us today I just pray that you would speak to us as a congregation. That this word would not just be more information, but it would become a revelation in our hearts and lives. Uh, I I pray, Father, let there be nothing in me that hinders this word. Let your gifts be in operation as I share, Lord God. Speak to us today, Lord God. Give us a glimpse uh, of you, Lord God. Help us to understand what it is that you want us to understand today, Lord God, I pray. Father, we do pray for Jody Douglas, who's had a stroke. Lord God, we just pray that by the Holy Spirit that you would minister to her today. And we know there's healing in the name of Jesus. And just minister healing even in this time today, I pray. And I thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We're in a series entitled, This We Believe. It's a series that is based on the Apostles' Creed, uh, which I read last week. I'm going to read it again. It says, I believe in God, the Father Almighty. A creator of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, born to the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended to the dead. Um, on the third day he rose again he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the father he will come again can I hear an amen he will come again to judge the living and the dead and I believe in the Holy Spirit the Holy Catholic Church or the Holy Universal Church the communion of the saints the forgiveness of sins the resurrection of the body and the and life everlasting and all God's people said amen just there in the Apostles Creed uh, the, the majority of, of, of all of the uh, the doctrines, the key doctrines that we believe as Christians, as people of faith. Apostles' Creed was written to protect the church from false teaching. It's not that it was written by the apostles, but it was based on the apostles' teaching. Now, the word creed comes from the Latin word credo, which means to believe, uh, and, it, and, and it defines what we believe as Christians. And the question is, why is it so important for us to know what we believe? We kind of touched on this last week, because what we believe about ourselves, what we believe about life, what we believe about the future is so important because it affects how we think, how we feel, how we behave, how we speak. More than anything else, what we believe about God is crucial and it's so important. What we believe is, is, is important in our lives because it affects everything about us. It affects how we live, how we approach life, what we do. If I believe that my life is useless, then that's what will most likely happen. If I believe that I'm not worth anything, if I believe that I have no value and I keep telling myself that and I keep speaking those words over my life, those words have creative power. And in a, in a, in a, in a way, they actually become a fulfilled pros- prophecy in our own lives if I believe I'm never going to be happy or experience peace, then that's what's going to happen. And maybe you're in a place today where you you don't have a lot of joy and peace in your life, and you might start to believe, well, this is my lot in life. I might as well get used to it because nothing's going to change. Well, you can accept that if you want to. On the other hand, you can start to believe that by the grace of God, you're going to experience peace and joy in the name of Jesus. If it's not today, it's going to be tomorrow. If it's not tomorrow, it's going to be the day after, because the God that we serve is the God of peace, and He's the God of joy. And if He's living in our hearts, then that's going to be outworked in our hearts and lives. When we start to believe the truth, then something begins to change. But if we believe a lie, then it can be destructive. When a, and our beliefs are lined up with the truth. They become really powerful. Uh, to understand the power of beliefs, I was looking at a documentary this week, and uh, um, one of the things they talked about was the power of placebo. Anybody heard of the drug placebo? Uh, if, a, if a drug company wants to introduce a new drug, what they do is they get a, you know, a whole bunch of people that maybe, you know it's a headache tablet, so they get a whole bunch of people with headaches and they split the group in two. Half the group, they give them the medication. The other half of the group, they give them what looks like the medication, but it's actually a sugar tablet. And then they see, you know, take this for a week or two and then come back and see me. Now the people don't know, did they get the real tablet or did they get the the sugar tablet? They don't really know. So because they believe that they got the, 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 the real tablet, it actually starts to have effect. The research shows that the placebo tablet is effective for up to 75%. Up to 75, between 25 and 75% of people improve just taking the placebo tablet, a sugar tablet, because they believe that somehow it can help them. It's the power of belief. It's why I take ice cream for all my problems. (laughs) Well, if a sugar tablet can work, let's just increase that a little bit more. Make it up. It's amazing what ice cream can cure. It can cure anything. If you if you believe, if you believe, can cure anything. It's the power of belief. It's amazing. And and I and and I was looking at some of the research, and if they give people two tablets because they say, listen, one is a little bit effective, but but two are, are gonna be more effective, the people that have two actually improve double the amount of the people that took one. It's a sugar tablet. That's so why, if you have a whole bowl of ice cream, it's very, very effective, whatever your problems are. Now, our beliefs have limitations. If, a, if we believe a lie, it can be destructive. You know, if I believe that I can fly, if, imagine right now, if, if I believe that if I take a step off this stage and I believe I can fly, I believe I can touch the sky. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter how much I believe it. You know, the law, once I take a step out of here, the law of gravity is going to kick in and I'm going to go down, baby. If we believe a lie, then it can be destructive. But when our beliefs are lined up with the truth, they become powerful. When our beliefs are lined up with the truth, they can become powerful. That's why Paul says to Timothy, watch your life and doctrine. Watch what you believe. Closely persevere in them. Because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. That has the capacity to bring life and to bring freedom into our lives. Last week we looked at the doctrine of God, that God is full of grace and truth. Today I want to look at the doctrine of Christ. And as a church, we need to be reminded again and again that everything we do is about Jesus. We sang about the blood of Jesus today. What a powerful song. So good to hear it. Everything that we do is about Jesus because Jesus is the saviour. Jesus is the healer. Jesus is the restorer, the forgiver. He's the way, He's the truth, He's the life. As a church, we are called to glorify Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen? Amen. When an individual comes to know Jesus, their life is radically changed. Thank God for this church, thank God for the music, thank God for the preaching, thank God for everything we have. But none of this can change anyone. The only person that can change our lives is Jesus. The song that we sing is Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus at the center of it all from beginning to the end. It always been. It's always been you, Jesus. Nothing else matters. It's all about Jesus. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we should make it our goal to know Jesus in a greater way, to speak about Jesus, sing about Jesus, declare the name of Jesus, because there's power in Jesus' name. Peter says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. I believe that's a good word for all of us today. I pray that we would grow in our knowledge of Jesus Christ. So what I wanna do today is briefly look at The power of Jesus' name and why his name is so important. One of the concerns I have is that we live in a world today that is minimizing, belittling the name of Jesus. People use the name of Jesus when something bad happens. When when they hear something shocking, usually the first word to come out of their mouth is Jesus. And it's not in a good way either. It's interesting because in a world of political correctness where we need to be careful what we say, which names we use, how we use certain words that apply to certain groups of people, if you make a slight mistake, you're going to get branded all kinds of names. But there's one name which you can trample on and that's the name of Jesus and there's no problem. Actors, current affairs hosts, commentators, sports people use the name of Jesus in a derogatory way and there's no problem with that at all. We, we, we live in a society that is very happy to minimise and belittle the name of Jesus with no problem at all. And even if you're an atheist, you should kind of make your stop and think, well, what is that really all about? Why is that? Why is it that when someone bangs their thumb, that the first word that comes out of their mouth is the name of Jesus? Why Jesus? Why not be an equal opportunity blasphemer and, you know, and every now and then say Buddha or something like that? You know what I mean? Dalai Lama, you know. <laughs> doesn't quite sound the same, does it? <laughs> you know <laughs> I tell you I tell you why it doesn't quite sound the same. Because there is an antichrist sentiment in the world today. That is accepted. It's it's like people can't hear it. Oh, we can hear every other mistake that you make and we need to be tolerant about everybody else, but not the name of Jesus. Just just say whatever you want whenever you want. It's like people can't hear it. Why is that? The Bible says this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming, and even now is already in the world. Spirit of the Antichrist is an anti Jesus. Spirit, it's an anti-Jesus sentiment, an anti-truth sentiment. It's an anti-Christianity sentiment, an anti-church sentiment, an anti-Bible sentiment. All you need to do is look around you and you will see that to be true. This week was uh, on, on, on the ABC was the program. And, uh, you know, I haven't seen it yet, but, I, but I've heard, you know, comments about it and people's attitude towards it. Here's the concern that I have though, that the same senti- that, that same sentiment that is, that is in the world is starting to kind of, has the capacity to creep in to the church and starts to affect us as Christians. That we too are gradually losing our understanding of the power of Jesus' name. And I pray that as a church, we will never underestimate the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. That as a church, we will always speak about Jesus and talk about Jesus. So today, I want to remind us of two things. Why the name of Jesus is so important. And then we're going to look at the fact that we're called to be carriers of that name. Question, why is the name of Jesus so important? Let me give you a couple of reasons. Number one, um, it's because there's salvation in Jesus' name. There's salvation in Jesus' name. In Acts 2, the church is born and the Holy Spirit comes upon the early church crowd gathers and Peter begins to preach the very first sermon. What, what was the theme of the very first sermon? What was the theme of the very first sermon that Peter begins to preach? The first sermon in the church. I'll tell you what it was. The theme of the first sermon was Jesus. It was Jesus. And at the end of the message, Peter says to the crowd, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be Saved, And the Bible says that day that about 3,000 people were added to the church today. Why, Why is the name of Jesus so important? I tell you why the name of Jesus is so important. It's because salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which man must be saved. There is no other name under heaven by which we can be saved other than the name of Jesus. Peter's saying that salvation is found in no one else, nothing else. There's no other way. There is no other road, no other philosophy that can save you. It's only by Jesus' name. Now that's going to make us stop and and think and reflect and say, come on church, let's bring it together here. Let's be reminded of some really important beliefs. Let's be reminded of some really important doctrines in the church of Jesus Christ. There is no other name by which man can be saved than the name of Jesus. And that means if we are the church of Jesus Christ, we need to proclaim that name whenever we can. Can I hear an amen? amen? My prayer above all else is that God's presence, but that Jesus would be present every time we gather together at the, as, as, a, as, as a church. I think about the story when the, when the, when the, the disciples are in a boat and it's a storm and, and the Bible says, and Jesus was passing by and he was about to pass by, but then he, he turned around to hear and to stop and to minister to the disciples. I, I pray that Jesus wouldn't just pass by Life Christian Centre and keep on walking. I pray that he would stop and minister to each and every one of us. Can I hear an amen? Amen. We're living in an age today where people are saying, I believe, it's amazing what people, I believe all religions essentially teach the same thing. I believe all religions lead to God. I believe if you're good, you can go to heaven. And people have all these kind of beliefs. And those beliefs are, 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 are powerful because they influence their lives. If I believe that all the roads go to heaven, then just believe whatever you want, it doesn't matter. If you believe that if all you do is be good then, and you'll go to heaven, then just do good things as many as you can. You make sure that the good you do outweighs the bad that you do and hopefully you get into heaven. Jesus said this He said, I'm the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, no one comes to the Father. Except through me, it's, it's one of the most confronting, controversial, seemingly arrogant statements by Jesus. And the only reason why he can make that statement is because it's true. <laughs> it's true. It's the truth. Truth by very nature can never be tolerant of error. Either the law of gravity is, gravity is real or not. You can't half believe the law of gravity. Just believe whatever you want. You know, it's, it's either you believe it or you're not. And even if you don't believe it, as soon as you take a, a, step, a step off the stage, mate, you're gone. My knee, I, won't, I won't do it because these knees are 54 years old, you know? What I mean? Anything can happen. Why should I listen to Jesus? Because Jesus is the only one who died and three days later rose from the dead. Amen. And that's not just a story or a fable, it's been proven historically, and that's what distinguishes Jesus from every other religion in the world. Why is the name of Jesus so important? Because everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We don't say come to Life Christian Centre so that you can be saved. We don't, come, we don't say come and join our religion so that you can be saved. We say come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. Because it's only through a relationship with Jesus that you can be saved. Because there is no other way by which man can be saved it's only by opening our hearts to Jesus by accepting that we're all sinners by believing that Jesus died on the cross for our sins by confessing Jesus as our Lord and Savior when we do that we can experience the miracle of salvation. If you're a guest here today, you've never, ever given your life to Jesus Christ. Can I encourage you? Just open up your heart to Jesus. Just pray a simple prayer that says, Lord, I invite you to be my Lord and Savior. Just words along those lines. Just invite Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. And I tell you, if if you pray those prayers with all your heart, you can experience salvation. Second reason why Jesus' name is so important is because there's freedom In the name of Jesus. In Acts 3, Peter and John are on their way to the temple and they heal a paralytic. Again, a crowd gathers and the religious leaders begin to question Peter and they ask, Listen, listen, listen to what they're asking. By what power or what name did you do this? Peter gets up and he begins to speak and he says, This, then know this. You and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. And then, and then there's our key verse, salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven by which man can be saved. Now that's interesting, there, uh, that the word saved in that particular verse, there is the word sozo, we've talked about that before. Sozo is a Greek word which incorporates more than just eternal salvation, it includes healing, it includes wholeness, it includes restoration, it includes freedom. In other words, when we call on the name of Jesus, Not only do we experience salvation, not only can we experience salvation, but when we call on the name of Jesus, we can also experience healing and wholeness and deliverance and restoration of our soul. Peter said to the paralytic that was there, he says, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Why did he say that? I want you to know why he said that. Because there's power in the name of Jesus. Jesus. And immediately he was healed. And I don't know what you need, what need is today. I don't know what challenges you're facing today. But I want to encourage you to call on the name of Jesus. Because we believe that it's through Jesus that we can experience freedom in our lives. It's through, through the name of Jesus that we can experience healing. It's through the name of Jesus that we can experience restoration. You know, one of the things that we do when we pray is we finish every prayer in the name of Jesus. Why do we finish the prayer in the name of Jesus? Is it like a signature, you know, you got to sign off in the neighborhood? No, because there's power in the name of Jesus. Come on, church. I, I, I want to encourage you today to reach out. Not, not, not to me because I, I mean I'm very limited. Trust me, I'm very limited. Don't reach out to me. Don't reach out necessarily to a religion. Whatever you need is, I want to encourage you to reach out to Jesus Christ because He's our healer. He's our Savior. He's the restorer of our soul. He's the miracle worker. He's the one that makes the difference. Man, if we forget that as a church, we might as well close our doors. If we forget that it's only by the power of the name of Jesus that, that, that lives are changed, then, then we might as well go and do something else on a Sunday morning. It's Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's people coming to know Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. He's the one who died on the cross. He's the Saviour of our soul. He's our healer. He's our restorer. And I don't know what your need is today, but I want to encourage you, reach out to Jesus. What is that mountain that's before you this morning? Reach out to Jesus. Jesus, help me. Jesus, I don't know what else to do. I don't know where else to go. I I, I don't know what to do next. Jesus, will you help me? As we call on the name of Jesus, we can experience the grace of God. Third thing is understanding that there is power in the name of Jesus. What are we called to do? Third principle we need to understand is that we're called to be carriers of the name of Jesus. Jesus, that once you've experienced the transformation that Jesus brings, we're then called to be proclaimers of the name of Jesus. It's a great example of this in the Bible, in the life of the Apostle Paul. For those that don't know, Paul was actually known as Saul of Tarsus. And before he met Christ, he was a persecutor of the church. He had one purpose in life and that was to stamp out Christianity. He would kill Christians. He would have them thrown into prison. He would have them beaten and people were terrified of him. And one day, as he neared Damascus, he met Jesus. He saw this bright light. He was blinded um, and he heard Jesus speak to him. It's recorded in Acts chapter 9. Jesus said to, said to him, Soul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. So Saul goes into Damascus, he stays at one of the houses there and in the meantime, God speaks to Ananias and says, I want you to go and pray for Saul. And I love Ananias' response, is beautiful. he's obviously sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit and to God and, and Ananias says back to God, Lord, he said, uh, I don't know if you've heard, uh, but Paul is actually persecuting the church, you know, God is going, really, I didn't, oh my goodness, I didn't know that, thank you for letting me know, you know, Um, God doesn't even listen. The Lord said to Ananias, go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and the kings and to the people of Israel. And I, I pray that we would, we would grab this hold of this verse, that we would understand the reality of this verse. But the Lord said to Ananias, go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and to the kings and to the people of Israel. Now I want you to understand the power of this because here was the apostle Paul who was a murderer. He was a uh, a hater of the church, a hater of Christians. And who knows how many Christians suffered under his hands. Yet while he's on the road to Damascus, he meets Jesus and he says to Ananias, this man is my my, my chosen instrument to proclaim my name. So often we think that in order to be used by God, We have to be perfect or God could never use me. You don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what's happened in my life. You don't know my past. Never disqualify yourself because God does not disqualify you. The first thing Jesus says to him, he will carry my name. Despite everything that he had said, despite everything that Paul had done, he says he will be a a proclaimer of my name. And what happened next? At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. He meets Jesus, receives him as his Lord and Saviour, and the next thing he begins to talk about Jesus. He begins to talk, point people not to a religion or a church, he begins to proclaim the name of Jesus. As followers of Jesus Christ, we need to remember that once we've experienced the grace of God, forgiveness of God, the power of God, then we too are called to be proclaimers of the name of Jesus Christ. Not just when we're in church, but also outside of these walls. Because when a person comes to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that can be radically changed. It doesn't matter where we are or what we do. We're called to be carriers of the name. The question is, how do we do that? How do we actually carry the name of Jesus? How do we proclaim the name of Jesus? We don't need a lesson on how to do that because... We do that every single day. Every day we are carrying names. Every every single day we carry carry names. The names we're wearing, the names we're driving, the names where we live, where we send our kids to school, the music we listen to. And these names are not necessarily bad, but we are are carrying these names every single day. Let, Let me just give you an example of some of the names that we carry. Um, as I said, not, not, not necessarily bad or good, just names that we carry. You know, Ralph Lauren is a name. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Lacoste is a name. Louis Vuitton is a name. Country Road is a name. Hugo Boss is a name. Armani is a name. Adidas, Nike, they're all names. You know, if you shop at Kmart, you don't want the label on the, out, on the, on the outside of the garment. You know what I mean? You want to firmly put in the garment right down the back there. But if you're wearing something Gucci, you know, you know where you want the name? Right on the front here. You want everybody, Gucci. Um, Apple is a name. Samsung's a name. Honda's a name, it's not a good name. Honda's a very good name. Audi's a name, Merck's a name, BMW's a name. Suburbs are names, schools are names. St Peter's College, Prince Alfred College. What about Moriata High School, that's a name. And amazing people have come out of Moriata. That's the school I went to. It's an amazing school. Some amazing people have got geniuses have come out of Moriata High School. Yeah. Instagram's a name. Twitter's a name. Port's a name. Crow's a name. There you go. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a crow's, not a port. Just don't, don't make a mistake. <laughs> Here's the thing. All of the people that represent these names have one thing in common. They're counting on you and me to carry their name. Because if we don't carry their names, their names fade away. Question is, whose name are we carrying? Amen. Paul said, "If your relationship, if your relationship, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to His own advantage." And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus is Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. I want you to know that after coming to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour, after experiencing salvation, after experiencing the grace and the love of God, just like the Apostle Paul, we're called to be proclaimers of His name. We we are, we are called to be carriers of His name. We are chosen instruments. Doesn't matter what we do or where we go, we proclaim the name of Jesus. We're called to talk about Jesus to those in darkness, to those who are going through a really dark time. At the moment, we, we say, listen, 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 I don't know how I can help you, but I know someone who can. His name is Jesus. We're called to carry the name of Jesus to those who are crippled in life. You know, you can, you can be perfectly whole, but still be crippled in your emotions. You can be crippled by addictions. You can be crippled by the past. You can be crippled by so many different things. We're called to carry the name to those who are crippled and say, listen, there is hope through our relationship with Jesus Christ. We're called to carry the name to those who are wounded, to those who are hurting, to those who are broken, to those who have no hope, we are called to carry the Name of Jesus. I pray that as a church, we would always speak about Jesus. Come on, church. I pray that as a church, we would always sing about Jesus. I pray that as a church, we would always proclaim the name of Jesus. I pray that when someone visits the church for the very first time, that they're not gonna go away saying, you know what? They're not gonna misunderstand what this is really all about. That ultimately, this is about glorifying the name of Jesus. Jesus at the centre of it all. Doctrine of Christ is an important doctrine for us as a church and for us as individuals. We need to be reminded again and again that everything we do is about Jesus. Jesus is the Saviour. He's the healer, the restorer. I I don't know what your need is today. I don't don't know what it is that you're going through today. I don't know what it is that you've walked into church with today, but I, I want you to know that Jesus loves you and He cares about you and He died on the cross, not only for the whole world, but a world filled with individuals. Those individuals include you. And He wants to bless you and guide you and lead you. And in the midst of all the darkness, He wants to, he wa- he, he wants to make a way for you where there doesn't seem to be a way. All we need to do is cry out to Jesus. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I've got nowhere else to go but to you. Jesus. The Bible says demons tremble at the name of Jesus. Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. It's not just any other name. You could try using my name, it's going to be useless to you. (laughs) Somebody else's name, it's useless. There's power in the name of Jesus. And when we call out the name of Jesus by faith, something begins to happen. Paul is on the way to Damascus and he meets Jesus for the very first time. He's blinded, can't see. So he goes to stay in a house at Damascus. The Bible says, Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately he prays for him. And immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. And he got up And he was immediately baptised. After coming to know Christ, what was one of the first things he did? The first thing he did is he got baptised. And then what did he do? What did he do after that? And once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. If we've experienced the power of Jesus, then then there's, there's nothing more that we can do than just, we can't help but speak about Jesus he's our Lord and our Saviour. Well, last week we had a baptismal service and we have 18 people make this decision to follow Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. 18 people. Come on, give the the Lord a hand. 18 people that heard a message not unlike this one here made a decision to be followers of Jesus Christ made a decision to make a public declaration in front of a group of people to say we will follow Jesus Christ all the days of our life. We put together a little video this week to kind of show you what that looks like. So why don't you put your eyes on the screen and then I'm going to wrap this up and we're going to pray. We're going to cry out to the Lord together. Thank you. Amen. And Father, we just thank you for your grace and your mercy and your love. Let's be glorified in this place. Let us us reach out to you like we've never done before. I pray that we would get a greater revelation of Jesus Christ. And and more than that, Father, as we go from this place, that this week would be a week of miracles, Lord. That That as we call on the name of Jesus... We're not just calling out to any other kind of name. We're going to start to see some change take place in our hearts and lives as we call on the name of Jesus. But Whosoever shall call on the name of Jesus shall be saved. And we just thank you for that. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. You've been an amazing congregation this morning. God bless you. You have an awesome week in Jesus' name. Amen.